When do I know I'm Spider-Man? You won't. That's all it is, Miles. A leap of faith. Like, what's up, danger? Welcome, everybody, to the monthly movie dispatch. We get together every month and talk about the, what movies you've seen, what we recommend, and what to avoid. What separates us from the other 100,000 other movie related shows is that we're high school friends, have been discussing movies for 15 years. We love talking film, and we'd be doing it even if no one was listening. So, this is a special episode. This is our top 10 end of the year episode. 2018 is in the books, and as you might have noticed, we're doing video this time, unless you're listening to this on podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see our faces. I'm Nick Moffat, and I'm here with Brandon Bowlby. Hey, guys. Sean Bowlby. Hey, that's me. And Derek Deal. Hi. So, yeah, like I said, this is we're on video this time, which is pretty exciting for us. I don't know if this is going to be a normal thing that we do. It might just be a one-time uh, season-ending sort of thing. We're kind of going to see how this episode goes and see if it's successful. So um, we might keep doing it. We might not. But, I mean, I'm pretty excited about it this time. Uh, this is always one of our favorite episodes, the season finale where we go over, go over our top tens of the year. We kind of build all year to this one. So, um, I mean, I'm excited. I feel like we should just get into it. But real quick, I just want to talk about how after, after this episode, we're going to... Ch- change the format a little bit. I know I talked about on the last episode, if you listen to it, but we're going to be cutting back on the amount of movies we're watching. We're going to be doing less reviews and instead we're going to be focusing on our favorite movies that have come out every month. So basically just the movies that we recommend that we're psyched about, that we want you to see that we want to talk about. So uh, going into our next season, it's going to be a little bit differently, but we're all very excited about it. We're going to be doing also some fun games and vo- guest voicemail reviews, that sort of thing. So I just want to jump right into the top 10, top 10 movies. So uh, because 2018 has been a really fun year, um, we're going to each go one at a time and start our number 10 movie and go over what that movie is and uh, we're going to do the punting concept. If you've seen our top 10 before, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about, where if someone ha- else has the movie higher on their list, they'll say punt and we won't talk about it until it comes back to them. The other thing that we're going to do is before we get started, we're each going to say our top three movies that we haven't seen. So a movie that might appear on other people's lists and might have appeared on our list if we had seen it, but uh, we just didn't get get around to it. Um, I know Brandon has seen pretty much every single movie that came out in 2018, so oh, yeah. um, uh, we're gonna we're gonna start with Brandon. Uh, do you want to start with your your list, Brandon? Of movies I regret not seeing yet. Sure, if there are any. Um, there kind of isn't. I've saw 132 films this year. That came out in wow. 2018. Um, that's so 11 many. movies more than last year. So I did a little bit better or a little bit worse, depending on how much time you think I wasted. Um, <laughs> Zero but, time. Yeah, what was the quality <laughs> of those movies? Um, I God, I had like 48 films that were four stars and above, so it was pretty difficult. Um, I did think of one movie I'm kind of sad that I missed. I don't think it would have come anywhere near my top 10, but um, it's this Christmas zombie apocalypse film called Anna and the Apocalypse. 
um, oh, that yeah. I can't wait actually yeah. probably to watch next Christmas. It's a musical on top of all those other aspects I listed. Hmm. Holiday time. Yeah. That's it. I like really conquered everything I had on my list this year. I feel it feels great. Well, that's awesome, Brandon. That's yeah. really cool. 136. That's definitely more than the rest of us. 132. I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. that's great. So, you want to start start our top tens? Okay, so we're doing all of it. So going first on my top ten list, my number ten film is Eighth Grade. Oh. I'm the only one. No punts? Uh, oh my gosh. Punt, no punt. Sorry. Oh, Sean punted. Yeah, I'm punting it. I'm punting it. Okay, so Sean, Sean punted. Sean punted. So now we're going to go Derek. Derek, what is your number 10 film? My number 10 film was American Animals. Derek, that was my number 10 too. Oh, sweet. Wow. Yeah. What are your, awesome. What are your, did you miss any movies, Derek? I did really want to see the favorite. I'm really mad at myself. I never made it out to the theaters to watch that. Um, I feel like that would probably be somewhere on this list. It sounds like it's just everyone universally loves it. I know I know I would like it a lot. Um, I really wish I got to see that. Uh, Star is Born. And um, those are the two that I really, really wanted to go see and just never got to make it out to the movies to see it. I don't know if I have a number three really that I can think of right now, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. American animals. Brent, Derek, do you want to start us off? Why was that your number 10? American animals was just one of the funnest movies that I watched at home this year. Uh, it was well acted, moved really quickly, had a really unique format that stuck the film just deep in my mind. And it just, it was just one of those movies that I thought about all year. And I just really loved it. It was good. Yeah, man, me too. Uh, that the style that you said it had half documentary, half documentary, half um, like a live action reenactment, and I thought that worked such perfectly for the story, which was about f- college friends that were trying to basically do a heist. Where it just it just hit home. It like it was able to capture the fun of a heist, of planning a heist, but also the like horrific nature of what that actually does to people. So. Um, yeah, I just that movie really stuck with me. That that was my number ten as well. Nice. So, um, so now yeah, let's move on to Sean. What was your number ten? Well, uh, movies I haven't seen yet this year. Um, I'm gonna kind of cheat and say that a bunch of foreign films and a bunch of documentaries I missed. Um, uh, but my the movies that I really want to see that I think could have made it on this list potentially is uh, Sisters Brothers is one I'm really excited to see. But I kind of postponed it just because I'm doing my Westerns anthology uh, kind of watch through and that's going to come later. Um, but then First Reformed, uh, I've heard a ton of good things about and. I uh, mm-hmm. really want to see that one. And then uh, The Death of Stalin sounds really funny and super witty and great. Yeah, all um, really great films. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but my number 10 is uh, Inve- Avengers Infinity War. Oh, wow. that's so cool. Wow. <laughs> Avengers. Oh, you know, I'm so-, so glad you put it on your list. Yeah. So, you know, I just I just decided right now that that was going to be it. And I I have four movies that were kind of right there for top 10 or for number 10. And um, 
I just settled on Avengers Infinity War uh, right before we started. So, um, yeah, Avengers Infinity War. It just like it. I think the the main thing it did is it it really sold me on the whole um, Avengers Marvel concept, and this being kind of the end game of this whole this long running series. Um, it just like totally convinced me that it's all been worth it. And like, there's awesome. been a, it's been a pretty rocky road. It just like, it totally sold me. It worked so well on so many levels. And, um, I think it was just the cleanest of the Avengers movie or of, of the Marvel movies. Like it just, it flowed so well. It, it, I had very few complaints about the movie and it just like, um, yeah, it just kind of worked on every level. Uh, so yeah, that's my number 10. Cool. Sean's so number cool. 10 was infinity war. That's so cool. Um, real quick, because I didn't get a chance. I'll say my, my top three that I didn't get a chance to see, um, which were shoplifters, um, Suspiria and burning. So three movies that I wanted to see that I didn't get a chance, but, um, you know, I ended up seeing a hundred movies, um, which I'm, which I'm pretty proud of. I'm glad I made it to a hundred. Um, but yeah, you guys already know my top 10, my number 10. So, uh, that's American animals. So, uh, let's go to Brandon. What's your number nine. All right, this is such a guaranteed punt, but my number <laughs> nine is Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Punt. 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 Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> is there a punt from Sean though? Yep. That's yeah. a punt. Oh, here we go. Okay. So Next. Derek. Derek, what is your number nine? My number nine is the Sisters Brothers. Wow. Punt. Oh, okay. Punt. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Sean, what's your um, number nine? My number nine is Annihilation. Punt. Punt. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. I was, uh, I was a little... Um, curious about that one if anyone else would have it but that's that's awesome okay so my number my number nine is the old man and the gun mm. okay very cool. cool so I I was completely charmed by this movie I loved how simple it was I loved how the characters just loved what they were doing I loved what they were doing was robbing banks or catching the guys who robbed banks and uh, it just Robert Redford was just so so great in it i just i was thoroughly charmed by this movie and i had a ghost story david lowry's other film one of his other films on my list last year and that one was simple and this one was simple and he just he just makes these simple stories that's cool. just Twice so great in a row that's really yeah. that's really cool so um yeah i i just love this movie so uh yeah my number nine is the old man and the gun uh brandon yeah. Number eight. My number eight film is a documentary called Free Solo. Um, have any of you guys seen this yet? Yeah, I saw it. Oh, Sean did. Okay. Um, yeah, this it was, this yeah, movie sorry, did to me what nothing else has in I don't know cinema history. Like I have a I have a moderate um, fear of heights. And I was watching this movie with my hands over my eyes, just like nauseous and terrified. And 
I don't think that's just because of my fear of heights, but also because of the brilliance of the filmmaking and the cinematography and the intensity that this film gives you. Um, I think it's one of the best documentaries I've seen in a long time. Very cool. Um, so that's Brandon's number eight. That's uh, Free Solo. Derek, yep. what's your number eight? My number eight is First Man. Punt. Punt. Sean punted. Mm-hmm. First Man has a punt. All right. So, Sean, what's your number eight? My number eight is Blind Spotting. Punt. Punt. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That one didn't stand yeah. a chance, John. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my number eight is the favorite. Punt. Okay. Punt. Punt. Great. Um, Wait, quick question. Did Derek punt blind spotting? I don't know. No. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. <laughs> okay. Right. So uh, we're at number seven already. Cool. Number seven. Brandon, what is your number seven? My number seven is Bad Times at the El Royale. And no punts. Okay. Yeah. So like I said before, to me, this film was probably the funnest time I had in theaters all year. Um, every every scene is just like a perfect perfectly orchestrated like stylistic piece and i had a blast with the setting the location the characters the quirky dialogue and really long extended scenes um everything about this movie was just so fun and it also gave me one of the biggest rush moments of probably the entire year as well with um that flashback in the final climax so yeah that's my number seven. Cool. Nice. Bad Times the El Royale. Brandon's number seven. So, Derek, what is your number seven? My number seven is Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> so good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Great. Great choice. Yeah. It's, uh, it's shocking that this franchise is still getting better and better. Mission Impossible Fallout, I think, is the best of the franchise and continues to hold a high standard for action movies. And this one was just so it's just like a theme park ride. Like it's just so thrilling from beginning to end. It's just so exciting and awesome. And on top of all the practical stunts they did, it's just it's such a cool movie. It's one of those movies that like I think it, it what helped it in its in its place on the list is the fact that I know it's a movie that I'm going to watch over and over, you know, for years and years and years. And so that that you know that goes a long way, I think. So that's why it's so high. Very cool. Uh that's yeah. a great film. I think it's the best Mission Impossible too. It was like number 11 on my list. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Just one of the best action movies probably ever yeah, made. For sure. Yeah. Incredible. Um yeah, so um we're on to Sean's number seven. My number seven is the favorite. Brandon, you had that at eight. No, I, I had it at it. eight. So oh, okay. Brandon, it wasn't it, it wasn't on your list. Oh, I feel oh. so bad. I feel oh, so wow. bad. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay, I I punted it. I punted it from number uh-huh. eight. So Sean, uh-huh. uh, why did you like the favorite? Uh, oh man, it's just like brilliantly stylized film um, that has such interesting character dynamics and and um, 
there's just like so much going on underneath the skin of the movie with all these characters and the way that the the dynamics play out. And I feel like it's really interesting how um, there's not a ton of character development in the movie, but it's more the the whole purpose of the movie is discovering the motives of the characters and and what is is um, what is it that that is making them do what they're doing. And um, it's just such a brilliantly acted film and it just kind of has you at the edge of your seat the whole time with, with just super witty and clever dialogue. It's interesting how fun it is. He was able to make the film. Yeah. For me, I think it's going to go down as one of my favorite period pieces. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the irony of that is that I feel like it's not even really tied to its period. Like the style of it does not mean that it takes place during that certain time in a real reality. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really, really enjoyed this movie. I loved the character. Yeah. Like the character dynamics, you're constantly switching who you're rooting for. And even at the end, like it's debatable who, who really came out on top and Mm -hmm. who was the main character, you know, like the, the, the the dynamics are constantly switching and it's just, it's just such a fascinating, fascinating film. So, um, yeah, that was my number seven, Sean's number eight or backwards. My number eight, Sean's number seven. So, um, yeah, that's the favorite. Okay, my my number seven was A Star is Born. No puns? Nope. No. Okay, cool. Well, my uh, number seven was A Star is Born. Um, I just, that was one of the best pure romance movies I've seen in a long time. Like, I absolutely Mm -hmm. believed that those two people fell in love with each other and their love was for real. It was very emotional. I bawled like a little baby in the theater. And I I know I'm a little biased because I I love Lady Gaga, but... um, yeah, I, I loved A Star is Born. So nice. now we're at number six. Brandon, what's your number six? My number six film is The Other Side of the Wind. Punt. Mm. Knew that was coming. Oh my gosh. Wow. This would have gone on my list of movies I regret not watching for sure. Yeah. That was yeah. one I really wanted to see. And on Netflix too. Yeah. Easy watch. Mm-hmm. I kept, it was on one Netflix. that just kept slipping my mind every time I'm like sitting down to watch a movie. But, it's a hard watch, um, though, too. It's not like something you would want to just casually turn on. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. It's, totally, it's, yeah. you got to like really focus on it. Uh, but we'll come back to it when it, when it comes up for me. So, um, Derek, what's your number six? My number six is Apostle. Um, Apostle. Guessing oh. it's not on anyone else's list. Oh. Um, for me, Apostle was just such a refreshing horror movie, especially with how many horror movies we've been watching. It's just such a gritty, like weird period piece horror film. That's just, it's so obsessed with being a horror film. I feel like it just, it loves that genre. It's just drenched in blood. The horror is so freaking gross and grotesque. And it's just such a weird movie. Like I just, the, the acting Michael Sheen, um, I just fell in love with the movie and uh, I just thought it was so great. So it's my number six. I know it's not my film, but I think one thing to note is like how it's not a horror film in the aspects of horror that any other film uses. It like invents its own genre of villain that isn't out there in the zeitgeist. It's so unique. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that movie's available on Netflix right now. It's uh, it's yeah. Apostle. That's Derek's number six. So uh, Sean, let's go back to your number six. So my number six is uh, Roma. 
Ah, punt. Okay. <laughs> punt. Yeah. Okay. So we're punting Roma. So uh, my number six is uh, Black Klansman. I figured no one else would have that on their list, but uh, yeah, I'm happy that's there. Yeah, I, it came very close for me. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I loved Black Klansman. Um, I thought Spike Lee, he, t- he just told a really, really good story about um, like this. It's interesting time, this interesting case. And th- the story itself, like by itself, was just really it, it, the, it, it had great pacing that had some humor, had some really intense moments. It just it was just a really compelling overall story. But then what Spike Lee does at the end is, you know, he adds in this real life element that ties it exactly to our history and the previous history. And to me, that was like, that was very powerful, very emotional. And, uh, you know, it kind of, to me, showed the power of filmmaking. And um, uh, yeah, I just, I, I just thought that was filmmaking at its finest. So that's why I put Black Lanes at number six. Good choice. Yeah, it came very close for me to, to getting my number 10 spot. Um, it was one of the one of the honorable mentions there. So, well, thanks. I think it's pretty cool. You put Infinity War on yeah. there, though. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So now we're entering the top five. Top five guys. This is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Brandon, what is your number five? Number five is Shoplifters. Punt. Figured it would come from Sean. Yeah. There we go. Well, me and me and Derek haven't seen that one. So yeah, yeah, that's the one that me and Derek have wow, not seen. Wow, Sean, that's cool. Okay, okay. So shoplifters brain number five has been punted. So Derek, what is your number five? My number five is Overlord. Overlord, nice. second awesome. horror movie on my list. Yeah, um, yeah. Overlord's just awesome. It's just it's it's authentic in ways that it didn't really need to be, and it was so much better because of it. Um, like it's war stuff was just so much more real than I thought they'd make like such a weird pulpy movie. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's a so original and so creative. I know it's going to be a movie I'm going to return to many times. So yeah, that's, that's definitely a movie. I'm really excited to see. I've heard some great stuff about it. Yeah. yeah. Has to be one of the best genre films of the year, even though yeah. it didn't make my top 10. Well, very cool. That's Overlord. That's Derek's number five. So, uh, Sean, what's your number five? My number five is Eighth Grade. Eighth Grade. Mm-hmm. Wow. Did someone, didn't I punt that from someone? You punted, I punted it from punted, Brandon. You punted that for me at number 10. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I just, you know, I just loved this movie. Um, it's such an honest portrayal of that time period in virtually everyone's life, the awkwardness and the, um, the struggle to fit, to fit in and find your place and find out who you are and who you want to be. I found it so charming and it was funny and hilarious, um, but also really challenging and, and tough to watch at some parts. And it's a, a really incredible uh, debut film by Bo Burnham. And it's just really well written and, and brilliantly put together. And it's very subtle. And there's some 
some great small moments with the with the characters and it has yeah some very touching moments as well and i just yeah really uh really impacted me yeah i put this movie on my top 10 like Bo Burnham's stand-up is also one of the favorites of mine that's on Netflix before this, and it's so cool mm. that he came out with such a strong debut film. Um, this was my number 10, and I slid on my list over some other ones that I, I was really sad about, but just because 8th grade just got me so excited to be watching a film, and there's so many moments in this where I was grinning from ear to ear at mm-hmm. like just the amazement of what he's putting together. I think a lot of it had to do with the super unique score of this movie and yeah. how like weird and stylized it was. Um, but this is one of my favorites, and I really enjoyed also watching this a second time as well. Cool. So that's eighth grade. That was Sean's number five and Brand's number ten. So yeah, that was a that's a good one. So. Um, my number five was Mandy. Whoa. Whoa. I love Mandy. I bought it on Blu-ray and uh, watched the first half of it again. And um, I love this movie and I'm really excited to show it to people over the years. Like this movie is just like pure psychedelic craziness like it starts out as like an acidy sort of portrait just like long shots of trees and landscapes and then it devolves into just like pure insanity like revenge film you know featuring like nick cage as craziness just wielding chainsaws and fighting people like just this movie is insane. And um, I don't know, just it's just to me, it's one of the most memorable and interesting movies of the year. So I'm I'm psyched on Mandy. Um, it's, you said you've seen it one and a half times now. <laughs> I, I guess so. I, I yeah, I bought it on Blu-ray and watched like the first half and then I got busy and had to turn it off. But um, yeah, so 150 <laughs> percent. That's a cool, shocking surprise. Yeah, it's a, I did not know yeah, that was going to be is. on here. <laughs> Yeah, so Mandy, my number five. So number four for Brandon. My number four is the Sisters Brothers. Ooh. Brandon. Well, (laughs) I still don't think you, Nick, Derek Derek have reviewed it yet on Letterboxd, so I had no idea what they thought Mm. about it. (laughs) Yeah, Um, where, where did Derek have it? Number nine. Okay. Um, yeah, this film is, was probably one of the biggest surprises. Like I almost didn't see, go see this movie and then it was playing right near me. So I decided to just casually walk over and, oh my God, it is so special to me. Um, like the, the, the genre of the Western that they like play in and like sci-fi elements and the sci-fi kind of climax that comes out of this, um, the the journey the characters go on is so much more like epic and it spans like so much more time when you think this movie is over it kind of just decides to keep going and just follow these characters into like an extended ending that is like i don't know really special and this movie was just a blast for every aspect and i also think um this director is really special too like he from the opening like silhouetted shootout shot in the house um just right away you know like this filmmaker is taking extra care 
of every scene than a lot of other people would. And yeah, that's why it's my number four. Yeah. It's, it's like super, it's very, very carefully made. It's, it's just one of those movies, like you said, like from the opening shot, like, you know, what you're kind of in for as far as quality goes. It's just like a really unique look. Um, but for me, it's really just the cast like holds this film together so well. They're all so they're all so good in this movie, but also like they're so they're so fun to watch. And I think it's just them, their charisma um, combined with the unique story that they tell with this movie. Just it. I don't even know how long it is. I can't even tell you, but it it like flows so well. And um, yeah, like you said, it's just it's exciting the whole way through. And I didn't even realize how many people I thought it was just like a Joaquin Phoenix and John C. Riley movie. I didn't realize like uh, the main cast actually keeps going deeper than that, too. Hmm. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. I didn't realize he was in it. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal and Riz Ahmed, too, I'd say is like a leading guy in the movie. Yeah, right. And um, so it's really the four of them. They they're just so great together. So cool. So that was yeah. the sisters brothers. That's Brandon's number four, and Derek had it on his list too. So, um, yeah. So, Derek, what is your number four? My number four was you were never really here. Ooh, punt, punt. Oh, <laughs> wow. I'm the only one. Dang. I thought this mm-hmm. was like our most agreed upon movie of the year. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, Shocker. Yeah. Okay, we'll come I, back to it. Yeah. Wow. We'll come back to it. Um, so, Sean, what is your what is your number four? Uh, my number four is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Punt. Punt. Mm-hmm. Punt. <laughs> Uh, that movie, my prediction is that movie's going to get punted until the end. Mm. But we'll see. <laughs> okay, so uh, my number four, my number four is blind spotting. Punt. Okay. Definitely punt. Cool. Wow, yeah. Cool. So now we're in our top three, guys. Top three. Top mm-hmm. three movies of the year. Okay. Sorry, I'm getting excited. <laughs> cool. This is big. So, okay, so Brandon, what's your number three? Uh, well, my number three is blind spotting. All right, there it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> blind spotting. So, I have a confession to make too. Yeah, I, I thought I was gonna like pull one over on you guys, but I didn't. It, it, it kind of failed. But blind spotting is my number three too. Oh, <laughs> what? Wait, wait, Derek. Oh yeah, you just saw this movie. Uh, yeah. Was this the last yeah, movie you saw of the year? That's right. No, the sisters brothers was okay. Wow, holy shit! <laughs> Try four, and pull a three, fast three. One. Um, so I so guess that's, all that's all four of us have it on our list. Yeah. yeah, where was yours, Sean? Yeah, mine was eight. Nick's was okay. Yeah, four. Four. What was Nick's? Four. And then two threes. Yeah. Wow, our first wow. four way on here. Very cool. Ooh, um, I I didn't know this was the movie that I thought would be on all four of our lists. So yeah, yeah. I, um, Derek, you didn't review this on again. You didn't review this one on Letterbox. I so intentionally was, just stopped reviewing movies as we we're <laughs> approaching this list because so. um, you knew Brandon throw us off, keep us on our side. Yeah, yeah. 
Wow. All right. Brandon's so, already predicted our top tens from our letterboxed reviews. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got stats for days. But I'll I'll introduce this film, I guess. Um I saw Blind Spotting when it came out in the late summer, and just right away I knew this was one of the best movies of the year. I was just like top ten, no doubt. Um and I was really sad that not more people were talking about it. I feel like it really got lost um in the summertime. But um I'm glad you guys all got to see it. This yeah, this movie is just like perfect from beginning to end again. Like I feel like this scene just like, or this movie just dissects every single scene and finds something unique and special from like a filmmaking's perspective to have its characters even like be doing the way they're moving or the way it's shot or the like hip hop they're doing in each scene. Like there's something extra going on in every frame to make it a fun, funny, and also like thrilling experience all the way through. Yeah. Um, which is why I like can't put it anywhere else but in my top three. Um, yeah, just the creativity is just, you could just dissect in an entire like film classroom. But yeah, completely agree. It's just like it's so creative with uh, with how it uses the dialogue and kind of um, how it uses, like I said earlier, uh, almost kind of it the the dialogue as a musical and just kind of say what through their uh what do you call it <clears throat> like almost beat poetry what they were thinking and what they were feeling at the time i thought that was so interesting such an interesting way to do that yeah i mean i thought this movie had such an intoxicating presence about it like it was somehow both really fun and very stressful throughout the whole thing <laughs> like you you love the characters you love how much they love oakland and yet mm-hmm. you're a part of all the stress that comes along with their their atmosphere and where they live. And um, it just really captured it just yeah. really captured it. Yeah, and cracking it up, there. too, from like the opening scene yeah. in the car. Like, it's mm-hmm. so funny. Yeah, I thought it was definitely the funnest movie I saw this year. Well, like you said, Nick, it's also really stressful. Like, it's just got that layer of tension that they just don't ever quite let go of. They want to make sure that you 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 know it's in the back of your head throughout the whole movie that this whole everything could go away at any second and um but yeah it just it blew me away like this is what i love about movies is something like this when you you can tell like everything about this movie is just they're so passionate about it from just the you know even the, the characters in the movie to the the right all the creators and the, the filmmakers behind it like it's just they have a very clear message they wanted to push through and it's it's done with such creativity and like honesty and it just it feels real while also just being fun and enjoying the medium and making something really unique and special it's cool mm-hmm. yeah so that's blind spotting and it's on all four of our lists so um that was Derek's number three and uh brand's number three Sean, what is your number three? My number three is Hereditary. Whoa. Cool. Um, You guys, this movie affected me so deeply both times I saw it. So I rewatched this movie. And as I was going to bed, like the the um closet door was open and it was pitch black in that closet <laughs> and i was just like nope fuck that 
fuck <laughs> that. Fuck I, closet doors. And I like woke up several times throughout the night and like had to scan the room. This movie freaked me out. It's um it's it re- is really scary. And I just like it's it's um one of the best horror films I've seen in a while. It's it's definitely up there. It uh, has such great performances, and I also love how it's it's definitely not just a horror film. Like a good chunk of the movie is kind of just family drama, um, really well done family drama, and um, really interesting in depth characters. The I guess the the mystery of the movie as well I found really interesting, and. Um, how it all unfolds and then like just how they I'm, I'm just gonna say how they ended the movie was just crazy and i i really appreciated how ballsy they were with that ending it was an intense movie for me for sure this is my most wanted to rewatch movie of the year that i didn't get to um yeah because of the circumstances i first saw it but the filmmaking technique from this first-time director is absurd. He is mm-hmm. so good yeah. at crafting cinema. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just sure. what he did with the daughter midway through the movie is, mm-hmm. like, remarkable filmmaking. Yeah, and then, especially on the second watch, I realized how well shot it was. Like, how um, brilliantly these scenes play out in front of the camera. Like, the there's a lot of slow moving one take shots or just shots that hold for a long time. And, um, it's, it, it he is like, it really shows how um, good he is at his, at his craft. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, awesome. I'm glad you had it up there. That movie's great. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And that's really cool that you have it so high. So that was Sean's number three. That was hereditary. Um, my number three is the other side of the wind. So very cool, Brandon. You punted that from earlier. Yeah, and, um, that was my number six. Yeah, so I had it at number three. Um, I mean, this movie is crazy. It was it was an art film inside of an art satire inside <laughs> of a mockumentary inside of just like a really crazy film experience. Like it's it's just a. You know, Orson Welles, like this is his, this is his like long lost film. Like he made it in the 70s and it just it never got completed. Like he died and people it just never got completed. And it it finally came out. Someone put it together and came out this year. And I mean, it's it's a complicated, confusing watch, but it's really something special. It's like Charlie Kaufman before. Charlie Kaufman was born and um, I mean, I'm sure he was born, but you know, like, you know what I'm saying? And it just, it was just a really, really special movie. Just was, it just to me was firing on all cylinders and it's like, it pushed the limits of, of film. So, I mean, it showed really what film is capable of. And uh, yeah, I want to do a very, very specific shout out to this movie should have been nominated for best editing. Because the editing in this movie is so fucking batshit crazy, but it works so well for the like whirlwind of confusion that this movie is trying to create. Um, and I, I just that aspect alone, I enjoyed watching it the whole movie. But also the cinematography is just 
gorgeous and black and white. And there's like moments with like fireworks and silhouetted people and people smoking cigarettes super up close and their grainy faces. And like, there's so many half second cuts in this film that are just jaw droppingly beautiful. And that's just on top of everything else. Another reason to love this film. So yeah, wow. that's that's blind spotting. That was my number three and Brandon's number six. So uh, not blind spotting. I'm sorry, blind spotting. <laughs> the other side of the wind. The other side of the wind. My my number three, Brandon's number six. Sorry, we're talking about so many great movies. It's hard to keep track of all of them. So um we're in our top two. Brandon. Oh, shit. Brandon, what's all your number right. two? Here it goes. Uh, my number two is you were never really here. Oh, and I'm really uh, sad that this isn't like another blind spotting moment because I kind of thought yeah. it was going to be me too. I, I um, who uh, did anyone else have it? Yeah, it was my number yeah. four. Okay, it was okay. just the two so, of you guys. Two of us really high then. Okay, that's cool. yeah. I mean, it was it was in my top fifteen. I just I don't know. I I rewatched the first half of it again, like similar to Mandy. I just like watched the first half of it. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't loving it as much as Stop I did the first it. time. So. <laughs> At the very beginning of the year, this movie came out in like February or March. Or am I crazy? This was a really yeah, like early March in the year. So early, early. For sure. yeah. And um, yeah, I only saw it once, but I remember it so vividly. And this movie is just so perfect from start to finish. Um, like the, I mean, the really twisted storyline of Joaquin Phoenix's character and I really appreciated the way they told his backstory in such like creative, quick cuts and edits that you almost don't even know if it's like his past or if it's really happening. And and it like just really culminates to a super fascinating character and you really get to know why he is the way he is. Um, mm-hmm. I got, and there's just so many great scenes. Like, I mean, the cut at the end, I think is like, I almost applauded it. It was so clever and almost funny. But like him laying on the ground um, with the cops, the way they shot the major like center middle action piece of the movie with security footage um, mm-hmm. and just all the flashes of like scenes and moments and the way uh, she like edited this movie together. It's just such a brilliant, remarkable story. Yeah, it's just it's a simple movie like it's not i don't know for me there's there wasn't quite as much to di- uh, dissect because i don't think i really talked about it a whole lot either but um it just it's just so good and i, I really like how they handled the violence in this movie like you mentioned brandon like with the security footage and stuff they almost yeah. kind of it, it feels having seen it it kind of feels like it was it's it's in this weird spot where it almost feels like it's indulgent in like the violence, but at the same time it it kind of keeps you from being able to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the way yeah, they edited almost... it and the way they shot it, it's just like it's a very violent movie, but you don't see a lot of the violence. It's weird. It's, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And uh, yeah, I just thought it was it was really unique, really moody, and just a, a creative way to tell that you know brooding violent hero story so okay so that was you were never really here um brandon's number two and Derek's number four 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 cool so um yeah Derek, what is your number two 
My number two is Annihilation. Punt. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Nick. Oh. Are you allowed to punt this late in the game? (laughs) Spoiler. Now we're not. Spoilers. Wow. I was thinking it would I would be the only person with that on my list. Wow. Yeah, what number did you put it at, Sean? I put it at nine. Wow. There you go. All right. We'll come back to it for a minute. So, uh, Sean, what is your number number two? My number two is First Man. All right. Wow. Yeah. That was punted from earlier, right? Um, yeah, that was my number eight. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, this movie, it, I, I will admit, it, this movie, it, I, I'm seeing it um, kind of at a really sweet spot in my life. I'm getting really into um, space exploration and space history and i'm finding all that stuff video games space video games and um yeah it's i'm I'm finding all that stuff super interesting and um this movie it's just like it's such a an honest and truthful depiction of that time period and and the technologies that they were using, which was strapping someone onto a con- controlled explosion. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and everyone's like, we've, we've all talked about that many times, like how, how well put together those actual space flight scenes are. Um, but I, I actually recently rewatched it and it, I got really emotionally invested into his character. I actually think there's a lot more to his character than, than a lot of people give him credit for. Like I, I really do think they portrayed a very complex um, person and um, there's a lot going on that even though it's not showing at all times on, on the surface level, it does an incredible job at subtly hinting at who he is and what is driving him as a person. Damien Chazelle is such a master at what he does. And um, I honestly, I, I think for me, this is, this is my favorite film of his, um, more so than La La Land and Whiplash, uh, as much as I loved both of those movies. I just think this is kind of him taking a step up into showing that he can do a lot more than just these, just a smaller um, kind of genre. jazz movies. Yeah. Jazz. Movies. Even though this is the lowest ranked of the three for you yeah. on letterbox. Uh, <laughs> well, five, five and four and a half. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't put much stock into it. He's going to go back and change that rating after this, after this episode. No, so. I knew that. I think Brandon pointed that out before. Right. Um, yeah. I loved this movie. It really was such an exhilarating um, experience. Like, I'm so glad I saw this movie in theaters. So glad. I can't even imagine mm-hmm. not seeing it in theaters. Um, it's just so technical and um, just so exciting. Like, I don't know, those scenes in the uh, different ships just so freaking intense this is some of the most intense stuff i've seen all year probably Mm -hmm. actually probably the most intense stuff i've seen shot all year like and in them the the length they went to 
get you to feel that like in each scene especially like you know when they're spinning out of control and stuff like that like and then the amount of detail put into crafting those scenes was just so shocking and breathtaking and brilliant um so th- those are really what carried the movie for me i didn't have any problems with the home stuff but it didn't it also didn't really stand out i just thought it was um it was well done you know but really it was it was all the space stuff really really just pulled this movie way way above everything for me so guys i just had an epiphany uh, you mentioned how you can't imagine seeing this anywhere but in a movie theater. This might be the only film that could possibly work better on a visceral level watching it on an airplane. <laughs> if I watched this movie on an airplane, I would have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, cool. So that was Sean's number two. Um, I think I think me and Derek are trading one and two here because my number two was Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse. Right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, um, so going to our number ones each, Brandon, your number one film of 2018. Scaring me. All right. It's the big one. So it's no secret. I'm sure you guys have guessed with process elimination. My number one is Alfonso Cuaron's Roma. Roma. (laughs) And I believe this was only on Sean's list. As expected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What so, number, Sean? Uh, number six. Yeah. This this movie is just like brilliant, brilliant filmmaking in every department, in every aspect. Um, you can go on endlessly about the cinematography, um, even the like choreography and the staging of this film is super creative. Uh, the sound design, but even more so like... There's so many scenes in this movie that just explode in my memory as just these brilliant moments in filmmaking, Um, whether it's like the party for the New Year's Eve or the fire that happens or them sitting around the television as a family. Um, And then even later towards the climax, what ends up going down in the shop and in the hospital, like there's just countless, countless scenes that are just so massive in my like memory that I'll never forget. And that are just so, I guess, iconic to me in filmmaking that that's why this movie is number one. Nothing else really affected me this emotionally this many times in just one film. And yeah, for me, it's just perfect five-star cinema. Nice. Yeah. Uh, for me, I would just echo everything you just said. It's, um, creativity of Alfonso Cuaron and is incredible. It's, it blows me away every single time. Um, and the idea of creating such a, such a small story in, in such a grand scale, uh, is fascinating to me in how that was able to enhance the, the effect of the story, um, by doing it in that way. And you, you very rarely get that, um, that type of, of a grand scale for such a small movie, but still like just an incredible film. It's a great movie. I, I hope it wins best picture. So, Ooh. Ooh. Nick. yeah, me too. So, uh, Derek, your Spider-Man talk. 
Let's talk about Spider-Man. You guys, you guys, let's talk about Spider-Man. We so, all know, Derek. The best movie of the year by far. <laughs> hands down. Let's calm down. <laughs> Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Um, who all? Very cool. Is Very it, cool. Sean, is that your number one, too? That was my number four. Number four, okay. So I had, it, I had number two, yeah. Where did Brandon and I have had it? it at number nine. Wow. So, yeah, that's, oh, yeah, it's uh, another four-way. Awesome. Yeah. All four of us, yeah. Nice. Yeah, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was just like, I didn't even know what to think about going in. Like, it started getting crazy reviews, so I knew I just wanted to see it before anything got spoiled. And for me, this was just the most special movie-going experience I had this year. I was not going in it expecting to cry, like, three times throughout the movie. Or that my like the uh span of like where i thought superhero movies could go i had no idea that was going to be like expanded over the course of this movie also i was about to go witness the birth of a new animation style and there's there's like a you know nicholas cage was in this movie what the heck like there's just so many incredible things that were just blowing my mind throughout the whole movie and um it just is so, like, perfectly crafted. It's one of those stories I feel like you can diagnose so deeply because there's a lot of heart and a lot of, like, deep connections that they build between these characters in such a short amount of time. Um, and it's a lot of characters, too. And um, I just think they use a lot of the rules they set up really smartly um, to just tell this, like, really, really great story. And introduce a fan favorite character, Miles Morales, that um, we've been expecting Marvel to do at some point. And they still haven't. But I'm glad that this is how uh, he made his big screen debut. And, yeah, it's my favorite movie of the year. Easily. Yeah, that wasn't that's even a awesome. question for me. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I just want to echo what you said. Like, this movie isn't just a comic book anime movie. It's. It's like it's an expansion on animation like this invented a completely new animation animated animation style. Um, it goes deeper into comic lore um, while still maintaining to be fun and exciting and hilarious and emotional. Like this movie really like it's for kids and adults. And it's it's just it was just such a big surprise. Um I mean, I would put it up there in the top five all-time superhero movies. Like, maybe at number two. You know, like, right. I don't know if it's better than The Dark Knight, but it might be right underneath The Dark Knight for me. And, um, yeah, this yeah. movie is just fantastic. I'd, I'd take that up a notch, Nick. I'd put that in, like, the top ten animated films-ish mm. of all time. Ooh. for me so that's not a list like, i have i haven't pulling even... a few studio ghibli films few pixar films and a few like 90s anime and like this might fit right there along with them iron giant mm -hmm. and yeah. i think spider-man to the spider-verse deserves its spot in yeah, that like sure. all-time animation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, I mean i hope we see a lot more of this kind of stuff like taking interesting risks um with animation um, it, it, you did kind of a more adult, uh, themed animation style that we don't really get here much in the West. Uh, it's kind of just reserved for anime 
uh, Japanese animation. Um, yeah, I'd love to see more of this. And I'm so, so excited, excited to see what Lord and Miller do after this, too. Mm-hmm. Well, they just came out with Lego Movie 2. Yeah, this yeah weekend. they wrote that. They didn't direct that one. <laughs> yeah. Same with they did, the, uh, for the record, yeah, yeah, they didn't direct it, but um, just like the creativity that we've seen them bring to a lot of their movies, it feels this feels like their just hands are probably all over it. But you know, these, you know, whoever directed it, uh, Bob Persietti and mm-hmm. Peter Ramsey, it's like their first movies, I think. So um, I'm sure they're very talented too, and I'm, I'm definitely going to look forward to whatever they produce in the future too. So. All right, so that is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Derek had number one, I had number two. We all, four of us, had it on our list. So, um, Sean, what is your number one film? My number one movie that I saw in 2018 was Schindler's List 25th Anniversary Edition. Oh, Sean, it has to be a. Oh, I didn't understand. I didn't understand. So good. All How right. long were you planning that for? <laughs> Let's just say Kelly's going to listen to this podcast and laugh at how <laughs> pathetic that joke was. Yeah. From. Anyways, uh, my number one movie of the year was Shoplifters. Oh, shoplifters! Yeah, yeah. yeah. one. Wow, one. very cool. Wow, uh, Brandon, yeah, you that had was it? my that was just yeah. my number five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, man, this movie impacted me on every level. Um, and actually, to to kind of bring up what I said about Roma, like Roma was a movie that really impacted me after I watched the movie. Shoplifters is a movie that impacted me just as much as Roma after the movie, but also impacted me as much as any movie I've ever seen while I was watching the movie. It's a movie that um, is at some parts so wholesome. It makes you feel so, um, Mm -hmm. so warm uh, and, and whole and at the same at the same time, sometimes it 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 destroys you, um, and it's such there's so much depth to the film I, I that I was able to really dig into after after the fact. And there's it's such great performances, um, so unique uh, that you don't I don't think I've seen performances done quite like some of these performances before and the kid actors are as good as any kid actors I've ever seen. It's it, the movie is just so good on so many levels. Um, and it, yeah, it, it left me in a deeply emotional state for, you know, the rest of the night, um, after I watched the movie, um, and into the next day, I think I woke up thinking about the movie um, the first thought that the first thought and emotion that went through my head was was this movie. So um, yeah, yeah, incredible film. I think this movie is really unflashy for mm-hmm. also how remarkable it is because it's still on top of it, not like taking tremendous visual risks. It's 
it's so flawless and perfectly executed in every moment. And mm-hmm. the relationship that this family builds throughout the course of the movie is unlike any like character and loving development you've seen in a film, it it works flawlessly and there's just more heart in these two hours than in most films you'll ever see. Yeah. So that that's shoplifters. Um, that's Sean's number one and Brandon's number four. So uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see this movie. So just didn't get a chance. Um, so I guess we're at my number one. Um, we've already spoiled it. My number one is Annihilation. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, Annihilation, that was one of the early movies that came out like last February, I think, or last March. Just so, after Black February. Panther. Like the second I, movie I saw. Yeah. It was the first yeah. good movie I saw that last year. Yeah, I really wasn't expecting it to be so high on my list. Like, especially the first time I saw it, I didn't really know what to think. I wasn't sure how much I liked it. Then I saw it again in the theater and loved it. And then I watched and then it Nick again. Saw it another home. half a time. No, I watched the watched whole thing. 250% of the movie. No, I watched it again <laughs> at home. So I've seen I've seen it three times this year. And uh Damn. And oh, wow. yeah, and it got better each time. Like the third time I was pretty much like, Yep, it's gonna be hard to beat that one for me. It Ooh. just it does everything I love in movies. Like it Maybe not every single thing, but like it's a big concept sci-fi. Love it. You know, it takes itself seriously, but also maintains like, you know, fun, you know, characters that are are fun, good people, you know, and you it has like this level of ambiguity that um, you can discuss. And depending on your perspective and where you're at in your life, like you might view it differently the different times you watch it. And the, there's a lot to take away from it. There's a lot. To, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of different ways to interpret it. And it looks gorgeous. Like it just going into the shimmer is just it's it looks amazing. And then you're in this whole new world that is just wild. And then the ending is just like like 2001 space Aussie. Like it's just, just fantastic. So, I mean, I love this movie. The only thing I don't love is that's called annihilation. I still, I'm still having a hard time putting that together, but, um, besides that, Nick, this um, is a, this is a unique point for you, but did you enjoy how similar this film is to a recent sci-fi movie? You just watched stalker. You know what? Um, yeah, yeah. Me and Cow talked about that at length, actually, because, okay, so. I mean, yeah, we haven't I, talked about this, but it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah, no, for real. Um, funny enough, me and him have our, have our, have the exact same number one and two. Like, he put out his list, like, a few weeks ago, and I was like, damn, dude, um, I think we might have the same one, too. Like, I'm not trying to copy you or anything, but, like, like, those are probably the most, the two most powerful movies for me this year. And, uh, and then we watched stalker together. And so Brandon, like we actually, we put, we put it on pause. Like we had an intermission. Um, and just because we're, we're hanging out with our families me and him, were in the other room with the lights turned off and we're watching stalker and, um, there's that train ride and then it goes into color. And then his wife knocked on the door and was like, dinner is ready. And we were like, perfect time to pause it. And then we were like, isn't it, is it weird that this movie is similar to Annihilation? <laughs> like we like, we like had a conversation mid movie, like, um, hopefully Annihilation isn't just a ripoff of Stalker, which yeah. I don't think it's it not. is. I think they have like it diverges pretty quickly. 
Yeah, like they have very different ideas, and yeah, there's there there are similarities, but like I mean, so are there similarities between you were never really here and taxi driver. Like it's okay for a movie that came out in the seventies to have similarities between a movie that came out in 2018. Like, yeah, you know, that's fine. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, stalker was great. And Natalation was also really good. Like loved it. So yeah. Annihilation was my number. It was my number two. Whoa. Um, yeah, it was my number nine. It was like I think we're really lucky that we got to see it in theaters too, because this movie kind of got screwed over, you know. Yeah. And a lot of people don't even know it exists. Like this was such a awesome movie to see in theaters. Like I, there's a few movies that the like intensity, like the environment and the sound quality actually really, really matter. And I think to get the full experience of some of the horrifying things in this movie, you absolutely need it needs to be unrelenting and in your face about it. You know? Um so for me, uh, yeah, I was just I was so excited to see it. I remember like I took an Uber home from seeing it and I just remember like I was so excited coming out of the theater. I was just telling the Uber driver all about the movie. I was like, oh my God, you gotta go see it. No <laughs> wow. one's gonna watch it, so it's gonna go away really soon, but you gotta go see it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just, it's so cool. And um, Alex Garland always does really cool, unique stuff. And furthermore, I just thought it was one of the best sci-fi movies I've seen in the last decade. Um, I think it's going to be, and it probably already is the most underrated film of the year and it's also one of the scariest movies i've seen in yeah years yeah like the bear scene is is it's something out of a nightmare like that yeah. is a nightmare yeah absolutely yeah i um, could not but, believe how scared i i was almost like meta like <laughs> realizing how scared i was at that moment i was like sweating and like almost trembling and it's a truly terrifying scene it's definitely it's also definitely another movie that just commits so hard to its ending it's just like nope this is what we're doing and it's we're going to do it all the way we're not going to hold back and you can either accept it or you can just leave i guess that's the doubt that was the downfall of the movie too like that like i love it so much but like that that's what caused all the trauma was honestly like I probably wouldn't have liked the movie um, if, if they didn't commit that hard yeah. to the ending, like the ending made the movie for me for sure. Absolutely. I completely agree. It's like, it's going to be one of those movies, you know, and like, I'm sure like you guys got this maybe with stalker. I don't know. But, um, I know growing up, there's always like that sci-fi movie that somebody shows you. That's just like, kind of abstract and like mind blowing and like, you don't really know what this is like. So high concept and weird. Like that's what this movie feels like. It's going to be looking when you're looking back to me, one of those like movies that not a lot of people know about, but um, yeah, it's really good. I hope uh, Alex Garland just becomes a really well-known director. And this is a very prominent film in his filmography. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's he's like been great so go far. back and study this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, is he going to be able to keep up the streak that he's on? You know, it's... Yeah. yeah. Because I between mean, I think this so. and Ex Machina... He's been, 
he's been he's been making movies for you know decades with Danny Boyle. And I think he was on a streak back then too. So I think this is something that I think he's gonna be a pretty special filmmaker like going forward. He understands writing. Like he gets yeah. he gets writing these concepts. He understands writing for the characters and writing the big sci fi thing. But he also he I think he learned how to direct from Danny Boyle, who's you know he's yeah. an all time great. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, I think that wraps it up for our top ten. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah so congrats, we all guys. did our top tens. Good job, everyone. Twenty eighteen. So guys, um, I've been keeping track on this whiteboard of uh, each movie that um, we went over, and I gave. Gave them points, so our number one choices got ten points. Our number ten point, our number ten choice got one point. So um, I added it up, and I have a combined top ten for us. If you guys Ooh. are so yeah. interested, oh, so quick after. That I've been doing wait. it while we've been. It's it's yeah. been easy for me to white to write on this whiteboard. It's just um, to white. On sounds the like you were having some problems writing on the whiteboard, Nick. Well, my uh, my Dude, pen started dying. Sure. My pen started dying, so I had to switch over to my phone. But oh, um, okay. besides Shoot. that, I, I hope my math is right. But there weren't really any ties. So mm-hmm. the only tie I gave the movie that had a higher it was higher on someone's list. Cool. So there's only one of those. So um, number ten, it's so eighth grade. Number yes. nine was The Sisters Brothers. Number wow. eight was First Man. Number seven was The Other Side of the Wind. Number six was Roma. Number five was You Were Never Really Here. Number four was Shoplifters. Number three, Annihilation. Number two, Blind Spotting. And number one, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Whoa. Naturally. So. I thought it'd be slightly flipped, but. It no, was close. Spider-Man had 28 points and Blind Spotting had 26. So. Wow. It just had to do with me and Derek being at one and two, basically. Yeah. So. Very wow. cool. So, yeah. That's, I like that list. That's our combined top tens. It's pretty, Please. pretty, pretty cool. I think I, I'm pretty happy with that list. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll post it on our monthly movie dispatch Twitter. Yeah, we'll put it on that Twitter feed. Um, real quick, Sean, I know you crunched some numbers for <laughs> our biggest discrepancies. I, in- yeah, um, we were having a conversation about what movies did we disagree uh, with each other within the group most about. Um, and I did a very crude crunching of the numbers. Um, but these are the movies that we most disagree about of 2018. Um, and so a little bit of backstory, we, uh, we all do letterboxd and on letterboxd, you can give a one through five star rating. And so I was able to easily look up kind of what we all rated each movie. Um, and I did kind of the, the movies that we, all saw or not necessarily all of us saw, but most of us saw and that we had the biggest discrepancy. So, uh, with a discrepancy of one and a half stars between the lowest and the highest rating, um, there were actually more movies than this, but these to me seem to be the most interesting movies, uh, that we disagreed on. Um, they were eighth grade, 
um, the Cloverfield par- paradox, and the you, most of these movies had an outlier for them. So for the Cloverfield paradox, I gave that movie the lowest rating, and I was the outlier. Bit of an outlier there. Even though we all hated it, we all yeah. hated it. I hated it the most. Like, what did you give it? Like one star, and the rest of us gave it. Two? Yeah, something like that. They gave yeah. it one and a half. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or I might have even given it a half a star or something. I don't know. I don't. I didn't write that down on the show notes, Nick. But um, so so that Cloverfield paradox, and then blockers. Uh, Brandon was the outlier. He liked it less than everyone else. And Brandon, you're crazy. You're crazy about Blockers. That movie, I've watched yeah. it twice. That movie is fucking Sean hilarious. Sean gave it four stars. Holy shit. It's a four star movie. It's a four star movie. Yeah. That's insane. That's insane. <laughs> and then Ant-Man and the Wasp. Brandon was the outlier there again with uh, giving it the lowest rating. Yeah, Brandon, you're, you're crazy about that one, too. Like, yeah. I, I rewatched Ant-Man actually this morning. Like, well, I watched most of it. I would you give it? Brandon? <laughs> you watched half of it again. Yeah, I watched. <laughs> I, watched I didn't finish it. 86 percent. Yeah, I watched. Yeah, no, that's actually pretty accurate. I think I, I I'm I think I have like 25 minutes left, Um, but it's so fun. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. I think you gave it one and a half stars. That's crazy. It's I gave it two and a half. Yeah, I mean, two and a half is it's fine. A, I like I mean, it's a bad I, movie, right? I, I accept two and a half. I don't accept one and a half because I think I gave it three or three and a half. But um, so then uh, moving on to our discrepancy of two stars. Um, uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Derek Deal uh, gave it the highest. He was the outlier giving it the highest score. Yeah, I remember talking about that and Derek oh, yeah. giving it's it solid. the most compliments. Solid mm-hmm. film. Yeah, and then the uh, next one is Roma. Nicky Poo, Nick Moffat gave it the lowest score and was the outlier. Oops, right? Um, yeah, I give three it three stars. stars. Yeah, uh, we've had we've had that conversation in depth on this show. Before. Hey, go back yeah. and listen to that episode. That's one of our better mm-hmm. episodes. December, yeah. December twenty eighteen. Yeah, and then with two and a half star discrepancy, the movie, the horror film. Remake Halloween, the second Halloween remake. It's not Halloween. really a remake, though, right? That's it's a, right. It's, it's a, a sequel se- to a sequel. the first one, so yeah, not really. Um, a remake. And Derek gave that. Derek Deal was the outlier there again, giving it the highest score. Well, five stars. Perfect. Perfect. Five film. stars. Five stars. <laughs> it didn't Perfect. appear in your top ten. <laughs> Nick, Derek, yeah. is that the only well, film you gave five stars this year too? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure that would be, no, no, that would no. be on your top. Spider-Man has five stars. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I think that... Relation has five stars. That might show right there that we might put a little too much stock into the star uh-huh. ratings. Yeah. You know, like, right. I know I gave Mandy four stars, and that's my number five movie. So if you were to just <laughs> oh, look... If you were just to go on Letterboxd and rank them by stars, like, yeah, Mandy wouldn't be in my top 10 maybe but right, honorable mentions yeah um do you have any what are your honorable mentions brandon yeah let's uh, let's each take a turn so uh my three honorable mentions that i tore my heart out and had to leave off my top 10 were the favorite first reformed and cold war Wow, none of us had First Reformed on there, huh? I know. Yeah. Was I just, was so sad. Was just me and you that saw that one? 
I did yeah. not. I did not see I, that. Okay. I kind of leaned a little bit towards the genre films that were eight, nine, and ten on my list, and those kind of dramas got pushed out. And yeah, it was it was hard to do. Okay. Um, Sean, do you have any? Uh... Yeah. So um, even up to before we started recording, I had four movies at number ten, and I kind of just <laughs> picked one. But literally any one of these movies could have been on my number ten, or probably could have even been higher. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Um, but those movies are Paddington Two, which actually holds the number ten spot on my uh, my document um, and was going to be my tentatively was going to be my number 10 until so I weird. decided to change it pretty last minute. So Paddington okay. 2, um, Black Klansman, and uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Cool. Yeah, fun choices for sure. So the Sisters Brothers knocked 8th grade out of my list. It was my number 10 movie. Oh, wow. But then I just watched Sisters Brothers and they knocked it out. But um, the other movies I were on my list, I had like a top 16 and they all kind of kept mushing together and like getting moved around and stuff. So Infinity War was definitely up there. Um, and I want to put a lot of stock into movies that like I've watched Infinity War like four times this year already. <laughs> like it's so good. And uh, I don't know. I think that says something about how how like respected movies should be too. Is their rewatchability? If it's a movie, I don't know. For me, it's like it's it's hard for me to rate a movie that I'm I can't ever watch again because I don't want to ever see it again. It's hard for me to put that movie on my list, you know. But then um, I also want to do shout outs to Game Night. It's like one of my favorite movies I saw this year. It's yeah. not one of the best movies, but it's just so it's just great. Yeah, and such uh, great comedy yeah so. Derek I'm surprised you didn't bring up Upgrade yeah me too oh my god <laughs> did I leave oh no would it be in your top 10 Derek Upgrade was written down somewhere on a list for sure oh um, no yeah that might have been missed it probably would oh, be on my top no. 10 <laughs> oh no <laughs> Oh, no. that's so sad it would probably go between overlord and apostle honestly like number six ish wow, oh, wow. So yeah all right we gotta start the episode over okay yeah, yeah, let's, let's restart all, this whole operation let's restart. all right stop recording mm. <laughs> yeah. um yeah i i just want to say uh there's a few movies um the tale i just watched it's a hbo original movie and uh it was really powerful it was like it was based on someone's real life it was like a memoir of her like doing investigation into her own history and it it was it was a lot about how people tell their own stories of their lives and how through an examination you may view your own life differently and perspectives may change um hey nick uh, I watched that movie today. Did you? That was my last 2018 film. Oh, no shit. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing. Horrific and uh, such a unique like way of telling a story. Yeah. So, yeah, I, The Tale, that was probably my number 11. Um, Won't You Be My Neighbor was a great documentary. And I think uh, it goes without saying that like 
I don't know. Everyone should watch it. It's a, it's just a great story about Mr. Rogers. Um, and you know, the house that Jack built, like if I had gone an opportunity to see that movie a second time, I think it probably would have made my top 10. But, um, that first time it just was a lot to take in and, and I really wanted to watch it again, but it just, it's not available. Like, I guess I could have rented it again, paid $6, but you know, like I would have liked to have bought it on Blu-ray, but mm. um, I will say like this year, uh, rewatching movies, I think, uh, really affected their placement on my lists. Like, I don't think if I had rewatched Annihilation, it would have been on my list. Um, and like, same with like Hereditary and Eighth Grade. If I hadn't rewatched those movies, it probably would have been way much lower. So the importance of rewatching movies for these yeah. lists for me. I mean, it's one of those things where you see something a second time and you could have a completely different experience with it. Mm-hmm. It's it's like, you know, it's like what Derek was saying, where um, rewatching it a bunch of times makes it stronger for you. But sometimes you only see a movie once and that one experience is very strong. But mm-hmm. you might see a movie yeah. two or three times. And, you know, part of me wonders, like, what it would be like if we remade this list in a few years, like in five mm-hmm. years, if we remade our 2018 list, what it would look like. I mean, there'd probably be yeah. some movies that we hadn't seen yet that would make it on here or the order would be completely different. Like, I guarantee the order would be completely different. Speaking of which, uh, we wanted to just real quick compare, you know, compare to the last few years. Like, how how was 2018 for us um, compared to, um, you know, 2017, 2016, 2015? Um, you know, we've been doing this for a few years now. And, like, was 2018 one of the better years for us or was it not as good as other years? Um Brandon, you pulled up all of our lists. Um, what about you? What, what say you? This is really interesting um, to look back at previous lists. And these are just the ones we've done on the podcast. We could go back further. But I, I'm i going to have to maybe give it to 2017 um, is a little more special going over those that list of films and especially getting to the top, like, three. Um I don't know, but then also looking at two years ago, like some of those movies are already fading a little bit in importance in cinema to me. So I don't know. Like, do you want me to power rank them? I guess I'd do 2017, 2018, 2016. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of similar. Um, for me in 2016, I had... Uh, Patterson at my number one and that's still like that's one of my favorite movies that's like I love that movie I watch it all the time and uh, but like Moonlight at number two uh, I don't know if I would be my number two anymore and especially I don't think twice at number three uh, almost definitely not Um, wow you know and then I look at 2017 and I'm like I think 2017 was a pretty freaking good year for me like Baby Driver I mean that's still like fucking love that movie um Mother mm-hmm. Blade Runner I just watched that yesterday during our snow day and man that movie's fucking beautiful um Phantom Thread yeah, Christ you know like yeah. that movie's good I'd you know to do a rank off like again I would probably do 2017 2016 2018 honestly oh. yeah i mean 2018 for me like you know i put annihilation at number at number one you know it's 
to me though, it's debatable between Annihilation and Ex Machina. And Ex Machina was not my number one, whatever year that came out. That was probably number five or something. So cool guys. Cool. Well, um, that was our top, uh, top 10, uh, of 2018, you know, thanks everybody for watching. If you're watching, if you're listening on podcast, you know, thanks for listening. And, um, you know, if you could subscribe to our channels, that'd be really awesome. You know, if you really love and support us, then you would subscribe to both channels, which would be so dope. Um, like I, like I'm saying, our, we're going to start a new season next month, which will be a little different. We're not going to review as many movies, but we're going to be enthusiastic about the ones that we, that we review. So, um, real quick, um, where can we find you online, Brandon? You can find me at letterboxd at Beb and Instagram, Brandon underscore Bulby. Um, Derek? Uh, uh, letterboxd at chicken tech. And Sean? Uh, just Letterboxd uh, at Bulbinator. Okay, I'm Nick Moffat. You can find me at on Letterboxd and also on YouTube. I'm making some movie reviews with my baby. So um, check it out, and thanks for watching. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Later. Ciao. Gucci.